Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass, y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hello, welcome back to my channel. I am talking to you today about PCOS versus HA. So I have done podcast episodes and written a blog post about this, but I also wanted to make a YouTube video about it because it's a really important, very common topic, right? So, so, so many women who have HA have been originally or at some point diagnosed with PCOS by a doctor. And this is so interesting to me because it's so common and I can see where it's coming from, but it just shouldn't be happening. So I'm going to break it down for you a little bit right now, okay? The main 
similarity between PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome and hypothalamic amenorrhea is that both come with menstrual irregularities. But the truth is that that is where the buck stops. So let's go over the main differences that we see and how you can identify them. The first difference is you either have a period or you don't have a period, right? So PCOS, if you have not had a period in six months, one year, two years, three years, etc., and your doctor is telling you you have PCOS, this just actually doesn't make sense because you technically would have a period. Now, often with PCOS, we see women have periods that are over 30 days, 60 days, 80 days, maybe even 90 days, but they are having periods. With HA, you are not having a period at all. So that's a huge key difference. Now we might have both, and I have some podcast episodes uh, that you can check out with experts on this topic, but you can have both PCOS and HA. The thing is, you need to deal with the HA first in order to get to the PCOS. Like Imagine there's a landslide and an injured skier is stuck inside of a cabin and there's a landslide and now they're underneath layers and layers of snow. Before you can get to that injured skier to help them, you first need to get through the layers of snow to even get to them, right? We need to get your period back so we can then address the challenges that we're seeing caused by the PCOS. So there's that. Difference number two is follicles on the ovaries. So this is where a lot of the misdiagnosis comes in, I believe, is that we go to our OBGYN, we get an ultrasound and they see a bunch of follicles and they're like, oh, she has a lot of follicles. She's not having regular periods. So it's probably PCOS. The thing is, it's not uncommon if you have HA to have lots of follicles. The difference is that no follicles are being brought to maturity and you're not ovulating, but you can have lots of follicles. And so there is criteria that must be met for PCOS and you should see this string of pearls, for example, a large buildup of cysts. And if the doctor is just seeing enough, they might say this looks like PCOS, but it can just look that way and not actually be that way. And so it's really important that the doctor be taking a really close look really close count on those cysts, making sure it's actually fitting the criteria and that it's not the only criteria that they're basing it off because you can have a lot of cysts or a lot of follicular development. They are the same thing often. You can have them when you have HA. Difference number three is your lab testing, okay? So there are definitely some labs that will come back in the normal range for HA and for PCOS. And so it's like, oh, I can't really you know, decipher. But there are also a bunch of labs that should be coming up high if you have PCOS. So if you have PCOS, you'll be having elevated estrogen and you'll be having elevated androgens. With PCOS, you won't be having those things. So I'll often have clients come to me and they say, I don't know what I have. This is my lab work. Look, I'm not an expert on lab work. I, I don't read lab work professionally, but I do know enough about the reference ranges to be able to say, all your stuff is low to normal, and that is indicative of hypothalamic amenorrhea. All of your labs are coming back normal to high and elevated. This is more indicative of PCOS. The fourth difference here, this is a big one that may surprise people, but I think that as a coach who has talked to so, so many women with PCOS and with HA, that we can learn a lot about you just by talking to you and learning about your lifestyle and your habits and your belief system and how things in your brain are working. So I will often quiz women and I'll ask them if any of the following sound like you. You exercise daily. When you exercise, it's intense. 
when you don't exercise, you feel anxious or upset. You're usually dieting or watching what you eat in some way. Your body weight is low, not 100% indicative of HA at all. No, but it's a good clue for those who do have low body weight. You have type A tendencies, strive for perfection and excellence always. You don't experience coarse facial hair growth in male pattern areas on the body or the face. You have not had a period in three plus months. And this is not something that regularly happens to you, right? So like maybe if you're getting a period exactly every three months, every single time, maybe we'll look a bit at PCOS there, but suddenly it's been three months and it's nowhere in sight. This isn't a regular occurrence for you. These are all clues that tell me, okay, those lifestyle factors, those behaviors, they are um, very HA indicative. Those behaviors can be developed by people who have PCOS because the doctors, the recommendations are often to do things like lots and lots of exercise and intensely watching what you eat and eating in a very specific way. But for the most part, if that's not where you're coming from, this is a big clue about HA. Hey, do you know what your blind spots are? As in, do you know what it is, what the thing is that is holding you back from getting your period back? Look, it could be an absolute plethora, cornucopia of things. But in our practice, what we tend, the first place we tend to go is what behaviors and habits do you have around food that you may be still doing? And these are called blind spots because we just don't necessarily always know that they're an unhelpful habit or that it's something that we're doing, whether it be a subconscious or conscious need to control our food or our body, or whether it be something that you've just done for so long that it feels normal and like a preference even. We have created a checklist. It's a three-page checklist that goes through food types, behaviors around food, and mindsets around food. And what you do is you go through the lists and you check off and you see which ones are you doing, whether it be daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and how are they potentially affecting your recovery today? So it's a really simple checklist. It's just three pages. You go through it. There's a very simple scoring system to help you figure out um, how much this may be impacting your recovery. And it's just an insightful Thing for you to do to help you reflect and then you can journal about it or you can learn more about it and just start really working at any of the boxes that you checked and understanding that they're playing a role in your recovery so to get the checklist all you have to do is go to the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and we'll send it straight through to you you can print it off and you can check on it every now and then. I always recommend a reflection point every like four to six weeks. How are you going? Are you still checking that behavior off or have you, you know, systematically kicked it to the curb? So check it out. It's the hasociety.com forward slash blind spot and it will be waiting for you there. So a few lifestyle factors when I hear this, I think maybe you do have PCOS is that you don't exercise out of compulsion. You don't have type A or obsessive tendencies. Your body weight is not too low. Not that that's 100% indicative. You do experience coarse facial and body hair growth in male pattern areas, and you have had a period regularly, and those are just the lifestyle factors alone. There are more, right? Skin, skin breakouts, signs of high estrogen, right? 
when you don't have a period, you have very low hormonal production. So typically you're very dry vaginally. Typically you won't see changes in skin and body odor, greasiness, things that are common in people with high hormone activity. If you are seeing those things and thinking, oh, PCOS. Now through the process of recovery, we typically go from no hormone symptoms to having some, which is great. And that's a mark of progress and something we use to see if you're on the road to recovery. But we can quickly see if you're having symptoms of too much of this hormone production. And at that point, we might be like, oh, resolved your HA, but maybe we're also seeing PCOS symptoms, if that makes sense. I hope it does. If it doesn't, let me know in the comments and I will try to elaborate. So I mentioned at the beginning what it means if you have both, right? That we really want to be addressing the HA in order to address the PCOS. But the thing is, the good news is that regardless of whether you have one or the other or both, right? Maybe you have both, maybe you just have PCOS, maybe you have HA and you still are not convinced by this video which one might be for you. The good news is the protocol is largely the same, okay? I do not prescribe to, if you have PCOS, you should over-exercise and go full PCOS diet, yada, yada. I actually don't prescribe to that. And in HA, I don't prescribe to absolutely zero exercise and eat tons and tons of junk to get your period back. No, for both, it's all about self-care. It's all about stress management. It's all about including highly nutritious, important foods in your diet that balance blood sugar, that manage stress, cortisol, that have you not hyped up on stimulants i'm all about for either seeing your nutritional intake overall are you having carbs proteins and fats and are you getting them from a variety of different foods or are you like always eating the same thing are you restricting certain things the principles are actually very similar we just have lots of different levers for balancing our hormones lack of a better term for restoring health for getting at optimal healthy menstrual cycle truthfully the levers are the same for many many conditions and it's all about looking at the individual their lifestyle their behaviors their symptoms and figuring out which of those do we which levers do we pull so regardless of whether or not someone has HA or PCOS I'm looking at their symptoms and I'm pulling levers I'm not looking at them as just one diagnosis and saying you have HA so we pull all these levers. You have PCOS so we pull all these levers. No, it doesn't actually matter which one you have. I'm going to be looking at you and the, the symptoms that you have and the lifestyle behaviors that you have and making a protocol based on that. So I think it's really important to note, right, that regardless, you're an individual and you should be looking more at your symptoms to help than just your diagnosis and what do people do for that. Because the truth is, if you go down the PCOS route and just like calorie restrict really hard, you're gonna end up with HA anyway. So like that's just not sustainable and it's not sustainable for many, many people. And same the other way around, right? If you go fully all in and eat to maximum discomfort forever, well, that's not sustainable either. Both of these things are, they just need to be managed. They need to have sustainable ways. So I hope that this video was helpful, that you have some clarity on whether or not you have PCOS, HA or both and how you want to handle it. If you would love any help with that, we do HA recovery coaching. You could work with myself. You could work with one of my co-coaches. You can learn more about that at thehasociety.com forward slash coaching. Otherwise, please post your questions below or find me on Instagram at the HA podcast and at Danny Sheriff. 
and I'd love to chat with you and help out in any way that I can. And don't forget to subscribe to this show, give us a thumbs up and check out our podcast, the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. Bye. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking. All of us at the HA Society are. And that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, My wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for 
anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now. And the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day. And I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef and my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.